Hi, podcasting from New York. They say if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. This is Pushing Boundaries. Most of today's commentary on complex social issues is binary, unproductive, and flat-out lazy. With this podcast, I'm looking to hopefully elevate these conversations, and as a lifelong educator, hopefully learn a few things along with you. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of Pushing Boundaries. I'm glad to have you here. Let's do this again. I have a new topic today. Why millennials are opting out of marriage. Again, why millennials are opting out of marriage. Um, So, you know, the dating scene is not um, only challenging for millennials, but it's challenging for anyone that's um, dealing with dating today through the use of technology. I'm going to just give you some uh, scenarios and some stories here, but just to just to really focus in on um, why millennials are opting out of marriage, I want to start with the Pew Research Center, which suggests that 25% of millennials will never get married. Um, there's an article entitled Unmarried, Happily Ever After by Hilary Scheinbaum, which cites statements of four millennial women. So the first woman is Daniel Clear, 31, a physical therapist in Washington. She ended a two-year relationship with her living boyfriend last year. And she says, you know, it was honestly one of the best decisions I've made, Ms. Clare said. Finding what makes you happy is the most important things. More than seven months after her split, Ms. Clare settled into her new life, where she now enjoys yoga classes, seeing friends, or staying in on a Friday night watching the series Outlander, rather than, rather than going out on date. She also cherishes her sleep. A lot of times... A lot of times in relationships, you need to make sacrifices, says Genesis Games, a therapist in Miami. You don't have any sacrifices to make when you're on your own. You make all the decisions. If you feel like you want to change your friends, you want to move on, you want to start from zero, whatever you think is a radical change that's needed in your life, you have the full liberty to do that and not worry about anyone else. Emma Watson, 29, spoke to British Vogue. I'm very happy. I call it being self-partnered. Ms. Watson described the stress she felt before being before adopting this notion. There is suddenly this bloody influx of subliminal messaging around. If you have not built a home, if you, you don't have a husband, if you, you don't have a baby, and if you're turning 30, you're not in some, in some incredibly secure or stable place in your career, you're still figuring things out. There's just this incredible amount of anxiety. When you're not seeking partnership, you are in a very relaxed, calm inner space and generally more comfortable with who you are, said Carla Manny, a clinical psychologist who specializes in relationships and self-awareness. You're not trying to impress anyone and you're not trying to please anyone, to please anyone except that inner being. Social media, movies, or any messages out there, many of them are oriented toward the happy family and the happy couple, says Dr. Manley. You're coloring your hair so you can get the perfect partner. You're talking, you're taking the medication so you can walk on the beach with your partner. These are the overt and subliminal messages that being partner is the ideal. In Instagram, more than 12.9 million posts utilize the hashtag engage. Many of these photos feature up close pictures of diamond clad left ring fingers. On the other hand, Hashtag single is used more than 17.9 million times. Hashtag single women 
has more than 96 96,100 mentions and the hashtag single girl is featured in more than 915,000 posts. In 2016, 110.6 million U.S. residents 18 years and older were unmarried. Women accounted for 53.2% of those individuals, according to the United States Census Bureau. Thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So one of the things that I got from this is that, you know, we've gotten away, we're moving away from the term uh, boyfriend and uh, girlfriend. Um, we're, we're moving to the term partner. So I think, you know, if you're listening out there in um, different mediums, whether it be uh, news, uh, video news or, or audio news or anything that you're listening to, you're going to hear the word partner. So partner is also, you know, um, it was a term, you know, uh, used uh, at one time for those who are with the same sex. But now partner is being used um, as a term that this is somebody that could be common law, common in law. So that means some this person is living with you for some time. It's a long term relationship. And um, there's, you know, there's no ring involved and no uh, legal commitment in terms of what's um legally documented and so it's moving away from legalistic terms to uh, softer terms such as the word partner i thought that was very interesting and so why is this the case why is this the case it seems like people are moving toward you know me first uh others second um self-interest and what can i do before my time is up on earth right rather than uh the sacrifice for others um, so that's a, this is a very different time. Um, and, and a lot of it has to do, you know, we, we have to think about it, that it had, a lot of it has to do with the great growth of technology. Um, technology has really created um, some sort of isolation or independence um, in the way that humans operate and they, they, they um, intermingle with one another. You know, we early on in our, in our um, you know, uh, uh, human development, we talked about, inter, you know, the need for interdependency. And, um, you know, having to depend on other other people and structures and, and developing civilizations, civilizations and and cultures. Right. And so with technology, it's, it's um, pushing against that a little bit and allowing people to create um, their own uh, cultures that surround themselves as individuals. So what does that mean for the greatest good of the world? I don't know. Um, but we know that the growth of technology is making everything accessible to everyone. Right. Um, at any time. And so we can we can we can be exposed to anything and every interesting opportunity that exists at any moment's notice. Um, and with that is changing our focus. Right. And so we, we our focus is has moved uh, to, you know, um, career, life experiences and self-exploration, you know, this reflection and, and knowing thyself. And it's moved away from attachment to another person for the rest of our lives. Um, and this is this is this is something that is 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 heavy amongst the millennium uh, uh, group, but it's also heavy amongst it's a growing uh, growing um, behaviors with all groups, right? And so this is something that we want to think about. Um, what's happening in terms of how people are meeting each other? You know, the the standing church and the standing um, parties that we used to have are very different today in terms of how parties happen and. And how we uh, intimate going churches, especially during this pandemic, you know, a lot of it is through uh, virtual platforms or or some sort of internet based uh, site, right? And so, 
a lot of people have started beginning to rely on dating sites and the dating sites are match.com, okcupid, tinder.com, bumblebee, uh, bumble, I should say, uh, and mixed bag. And these sites are how people are, are trying to meet and, 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 and establish new relationships, right? And these are mostly used in big cities because you, big cities are where most young singles exist. And because it's, you know, one is the opportunity, the greatest opportunity for uh, job growth. It's another opportunity to meet many different people. Um, and it's always moving, right? It's always something to do. Uh, the Stanford labor uh, economist Paul Oya calls out, it calls this a thick market. Where young, when young singles live in uh, the cities, they call it a thick market. Um, the, the, if, the issue with young singles moving to cities is that most often than not, it happens to be most more women that move to the city for career advancement. And they outnumber the men, and so you're you're dealing with a situation where you can have seven to ten women uh, to one one man, and so it actually becomes a more difficult um, to find a male in the city uh, for women. Um, and so the other challenge with these stick markets is that the dating sites have a, a, an algorithm that's too generic, right? It doesn't really alter or like like the internet will become adaptive to what you look on the internet. So if you shop for a certain thing on the internet, it'll show you advertisement and then it'll start to adapt the, uh, the search behavior to really um, offer you things that, I think, that they think you're interested in. Well, dating sites haven't um, caught up to that yet. It's still very generic and you can put a general profile and you're gonna get pretty much, if 10 people are looking at the same thing, they'll probably get the same um, kind of feedback in terms of pictures and, and matches, right? And so a little, it's a little too generic and, and very difficult to meet people through these sites. Some people are fortunate, but many aren't. The other thing is that it's, um, it's, it's, it's creating this perpetual, casual, romantic lifestyle. Um, and you know, just like with Instagram and, and Facebook and any other uh, mediums that we look at on the internet, more often than not, it's a swipe, swipe, pass. It's, you know, this, this looks very interesting. I like this. I look at it. You know, I'm not even reading too much into it. I'm already a few captions, and then I move on to the next, and then I move on to the next, and then I get bored. And so our, our, our behaviors in terms of our brain response is that we're getting a little, we're getting more impatient and intolerant of really going in deep, right? And so we want, what we want to do is we want to see instant satisfaction. We want to get something that um, inspires us and motivates you know, us in terms of what we see visually and then we move on, right? And so in that perpetual, casual, uh, romantic lifestyle, it carries in, carries in over to the actual relationship. So I saw you, you gave me your best, you know, you gave me your best picture, you gave me and all those things and I'm expecting that, you know, and when, it, when it's not there, I'm, I'm gonna have a, a, a challenging time in trying to stick in with you because I'm looking for that, that instant gratification, that quick dose, that quick boost, that, accel that accelerant of, of that connection that I want with you. Um, so it, it becomes, it begins to normalize a superficial interaction over deeper connections. And, you know, when we start to see all these potential partners and we see these visuals and these pictures on a piece of paper or not on a piece of paper, but on some sort of app, it's, you know, it's swipe left. It's swipe left. And so people have moved from compatible, right, being compatible to um, attributes, right? And so compatible meant, you know, simple things. If, you know, one of my favorite movies is Brown Sugar. And he, he, there's a scene when he, he's running to the radio station all, all throughout the movie. But the, this scene really is the, the, the one that pops for me. He runs to the radio station and he, he has on a, um, he has a loose leaf piece of paper and it says, you know, I like you. Do you like me? 
I want to date you. Do you want to go on a date? And it's a box, yes or no. So at one time early in our lives, that was kind of how we um, we showed interest to one another. It was a very direct question. It was based on, um, you know, uh, 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 conversations and spending time together and playing together and, and, and seeing that there was some sort of chemistry. And then from there, you know, it escalated. But now it's more about the attributes, right? What do you look like? Right. And for, for men, it's what do you look like? Right. And, and, and we want bada bing, bada boom, you know, we want it all. We want the physical attributes. We want, we want the body, we want the face. We want the, we want the, the smile, the bright teeth. We want, you know, the makeup, you know, the makeup that exists all of the time, we, you know, listen, the makeup's got to always exist, you know, 100% of the time, you know, because that's what we want, right? It's very physical, the hair done at all times. And so we want a, we want a high maintenance um, uh, picture uh, that is always readily available, at, you know, as, as needed and, and when needed, right? Um, whereas women is very different. Women are looking for the economic power of, of a mate, right? And the potential earnings of a mate. And so it's it changes the game in terms of what they're looking for, um, and it, that's becoming very challenging um, for women to find, you know, because women are earning a lot more money now. That they're becoming the breadwinners, and their, you know, their income structures change. And and men, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of adjustments happening in the world of college, and the world of work for men, and it's, it's shifting very dramatically. Um, but like I said in the earlier episode um, about roles roles. Um, the roles, the genetic, not the genetic makeup, but the roles of men and women is they, they are they're changing, right? And because they are changing, um, we're living in some sort of, we live in some, some expired definitions and belief systems that are not connected to the realities of today. So also, in a Pew study, they suggest that marriage is slowing down to the dual short, due to a shortage of men that have stable jobs with a good income. So a lot more men and women, it's called a gig economy. And so what's happening is um, more men and women are going into entrepreneurship, right? And they're not uh, working in um, careers for 30 years, right? And so they're working in careers for like one, two, three years. You know, it used to be five years and it's even shorter, right? And really what it's about, it's, you know, they, they have some entrepreneurial spirit and it's a gig, you know, it's about, you know, shopping and marketing themselves to get an opportunity and they get... A lump sum of money and then they, they extend that and then they, they shop and they hustle again and they get another lump sum of money and it's sort of like you know up and down you know it's not constant and sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad but more men are doing this kind of work right and with that um it creates um an instability and in, in income levels right and w- you know what what men have versus what women have women tend to uh, still uh, be in more safe structures like careers um and standard jobs um, and as a result of this, this, this inequity between men and women, it's, it's leading to a potential result, potential result, right? Potential result of depopulation. So fewer babies being born, right? And because people don't have the time or they're taking uh, more time to find, uh, finding the perfect mate that they can swipe on. Oh, sorry, not swipe, but <laughs> the perfect mate, um, and you know, this, this is already being seen. So this is not nothing new and this is not a hypothesis, but there's some actuality in this happening already in Spain, Italy, East Asia, Japan, and Korea, where as a result of technology, they're seeing that there are fewer babies being born. So this is real. Um, it is also real if we do the statistical study for um, the, the, the North American that, you know, at one time it was four, 
four children to a family, and now it, it, it dropped to it's like today it's I think it's like one point five children per family. And so if you want to get a clear indication of that, that's on you know you can research that and you can find out that evidence there too. So it is happening. Um, what does that mean for depopulation? That's another story. We'll talk about that in another ep- episode. What is a changing mindset? What does this mean? The changing behavior with technology and not wanting to be married and self first versus, you know, sac- sacrifice for someone else. Because when you're in a relationship, when if you, those for those who are in long term relationships, marriages or whatever, you there is a lot of there's a there's a large sacrifice there because you just can't do anything you want to do when you want to do how you want to do you you know you you have to always compromise and find adjustments so that so that everyone is feeling secure and safe um in that in that community right in that home community and so you know when you begin to share finances and 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 even even your health right and so your health is important to the other person because they rely on you um, financially rely on you uh, emotionally and it you know and so it's important that you're around right and so that becomes a shared decision and so everything that once wasn't you know that you begin to decide in isolation is now decided collectively right you go to collectivization versus uh, in individual or uh, independence right and so what's happening here more and more people are choosing to opt out of normal behaviors you know marriage the marriage structure, the family structure, you know, house, home, kids, you know, buying a home and all those things. Are, those are so, social contracts. And what I mean by social contracts, those are norms that are created by um, unspoken pressures through religion, um, through the Constitution and other things in terms of how people, what is the standard for how people should live? It's almost like taking an exam, right? And so there's a baseline standard in terms of what is considered the ideal citizen, Um those are, those norms are being challenged today, you know the ideal citizen, you know being having to be married and have children, and kids and and having to have a home, those norms are being challenged. Is having to have a career are being challenged, right? And and largely through uh, the millennials, right? Um, and so, marriage versus you know can I get a sperm a sperm donor? Why do I need to be married when I can get a sperm a sperm donor, right? And I can get a prenuptial. Like, let's just do it. Let's make this arrangement possible so that we can have these children and, and have this structure in place. But, um, you know, we're not going to we, we want to protect ourselves in this process. Or I'm not really looking for a mate. I'm pretty much happy with myself. But I want to have a baby. So I'll get a sperm done and I'm going to have a baby. Um, and I'm going to raise that baby independent of you. And so the definition of a single mother is not based out of tragedy. That, that definition begins to change. That definition of a single mother is based out of choice. When you go to the birth certificate and you look at documents, there is no father. Because that father is protected through, through the, uh, the dome, the, through, through the uh, sperm donation process, right? So there is no name to put to that. There's just a mother, right? Um, and so that, that's interesting. You know, uh, there's also, you know, the belief that we should stand up for oneself against the pre-existing social contract. There's the obligation of the self first before the concerns of others. There's the notion that there's always better. You know, one of the things that um, I even struggle with is that we can, we're, we're never satisfied now more and more than ever. We're never satisfied. We're always wanting what's better, what's next. 
You know, there's no such thing as a retirement the way it used to be and going out to fishing. Retirement is looked at as being as dying or being dead, right? Um, people are always looking for the next gig, right? Or the next thing or the next learning or the next. And there's nothing wrong with that. But we're like on this battery that never, that never regen. Well, this battery that is always, you know, being used, right? Um, not that we don't ever regenerate, but we're always constantly going, 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 going. Um, there's no sense of the um the harmonious end right and and enjoying the softer moments of life but this is more or less this constant run that we're engaged in and so that's interesting you know um then there's the uh the the uncomfortable you know uh the avoiding the fearful are repelled by the idea of joining in any meaningful emotional exchange so there are people that are just afraid of being emotionally integrated with someone else, you know, based on some some things that are happening. I'm going to talk about those things. So you have, you know, you have technology that makes it very difficult in terms of getting a real connection with others. There, there's the choice of people changing uh, their beliefs and, and, and minds on what a social contract looks like in their lives, right? And are disagreeing and saying, no, I don't think that's what for me. And I don't think that's right. I think, you know, I should define what life should be for me and mine. Right. So you have that going on. You also have, um, you have number one, in terms of let's talk about issues. You have people that are blurred, that have blurred boundaries in their past, right? Blood bound, blurred, sorry, blurred boundaries in their past. Right. So they grew up feeling unsafe experience, painful scenarios and so that could be you know um a marriage that ended in a divorce and the way it, uh the divorce happened um creates these feelings of un being unsafe and unstable um the painful scenarios of watching fallout between mom and dad and so you know that's real and that that could keep potential relationships in the future with that person or those children from happening right i'm making it very difficult for them to last um so some resolutions to that you know, because I want to offer some some solutions in terms of if you want to engage a relationship and you want to have an interaction, an intimate reaction, uh, re, uh, relationship with someone else, then there are some things that may be in a way that may be preventing you, preventing you from it. And it may not just be technology. Technology is a vehicle that may be somewhat um, difficult to navigate to find that relationship, but also it may be you too. Um, and, and it's some of the stuff that you have going on within yourself. So the resolution to this blurred boundaries is to make it okay to risk intimacy or being okay with being alone. And sometimes, you know, you got to be alone. Sometimes you got to deal with yourself. Sometimes you got to find that inner peace and you got to find that space of safety first before you can um, extend yourself to someone else. Number two, there's the guardedness and uh, rigid boundaries, right? This is growing up in a very strict household or some sort of um, uh, strict boarding school or some sort of scenario where uh, very uh, rigid boundaries, and there was non-existent emotional involvement from caregivers, right? It could have been in a foster home. And so, you know, they're, you know, it's like, how do we express ourselves? I'm not really sure how to do that because it was never expressed with me. Um, I just know that I have to do these behaviors at all times. I know that I have to be mannerly and I have to uh, uh, sh uh, be kind and respectful, but that I don't know how to feel. I don't know how to get out of the, the structure of my body and to be uh, emotionally um, vulnerable. I don't know how to do that. I've never done it, right? And so 
the first thing to do as a resolution is to recognize this, this pattern of behavior, recognizing that this is something that you've experienced. And this is something that you've adopted for your own based on your experiences. And also acknowledging that you have a need for safety, right? Given the prior mod- models of uh, experience. So yes, you know, this is what I know to be safe. And anything outside of that, I'm, I'm afraid of. I'm afraid to be vulnerable. But understanding this and saying, you know, I accept these things or not that I accept these things, but I understand these things about me could help you to become expansive in how you relate and open yourself up to someone else in the future by understanding what some of the blockages that are happening with you. Trauma. Number three, trauma. Bad things happen. Bad things happen during a child development, a child being a child, during your adolescence or during your adult years. They can be whether sexual, physical, emotional, mental. They happen. Bad things happen. We've heard a tremendous amount of stories. We watch movies every day about these traumas that happen to people. Well, those traumas create blockages in terms of potential relationships. They separate you from being with somebody else. They separate in the extent in terms of how far you can allow yourself to be vulnerable or extend yourself to someone else in an emotional way. They make it very difficult, right? Um relationships you know maybe I'm, I'm 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 making assumptions here are they about emotional connections or not or is it just a business or is it a transaction well i tend to believe that in relationships especially with people that you love um there's some emotional vulnerability involved with that i think so what do you think well resolution to this trauma could be Talk about it through talk therapy with a counselor, right? Talk about those trauma, traumas. Share them with someone and say, hey, this happened to me. It hurt me. I'm upset about it. This will begin to allow you to open up, build trust, and connections with another person, which can help you extend, extend yourself to someone else in the near future. Then there's those people like, you know, like I, you know, like I strive to be like, you know, number four, the natural state of being, you know, these are people that are just generally positive. They generally generally positive and they had a safe childhood. Those who intellectually understand the idea of commitment, but don't feel interested in pursuing the kind of emotional intimacy at this time. So this person has this is a person that's totally satisfied with themselves. And they, 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 they appreciate other people around them, but there's no need to get in any emotional relationship because they're okay with themselves, right? They're, they're, they're stable and they say, you know, I'm enjoying all the best things of life and you can visit me anytime and we can share some time, but I'm okay with being by myself. I'm okay. Now, here's the issue with a person like this, because that person is so um, confident um, and, and, and satisfied and, and, you know, the need for something or someone outside of themselves is limited. This can make, you know, a person that's with them feel unneeded. Right. Um, so what's the resolution for someone like this? Once they decide, okay, I'm going to enter a relationship with someone else, but they still, they still have this affect. And so it comes off to another person as someone being um, uh, arrogant, 
um, selfish, and you know, and any other thing that you can think of with a person like this, who is emotionally secure, right? And it creates tension between relationships. So when the time comes to share with another partner for this person, they need to share themselves with them and say, hey, this is how I grew up. This is what I know and understand. This is how I'm, this is why I'm comfortable with me. Um, are you okay with that? And having that conversation and saying, how can I help you feel comforted by me, even, although I'm like this, right? And so that's the conversation, trying to find that compromise and medium to coexist. Then is the, there's the, the, the number five, the intense and unmeetable need. Intense and unmeetable need. Now, I've met some of these people, right? They're overwhelmingly needy, deeply shameful about it. They tend to retreat from relationships because of that. And they, when they get into relationships, they overly cater and neglect their own needs. Now, this is a person who was with, with, a, with, a, with a caregiver who was uh, extremely needy, right? And they found themselves as a child having to care for the caregiver without giving to themselves. And so they, they've gotten into a habit or routine of giving uh, to others, but not giving to themselves, although they have this extreme need for being given to. Now, how do you get out of this? Well, a resol- resolution is first understanding your experience and working from where you are, right? So understanding, you know, all throughout my life, I haven't really learned to love myself or be good to me, right? And... When you understand that and you accept that, you, it can be calming and affirming and right in time can decrease the intensity of the neediness and allow you to preserve newly formed boundaries with others. But it is something that is going to have to happen within you first in order for you to step outside of that. So I hope I helped in terms of helping you understand what's happening here in the transition Well, for, with millennials. Um, I'm not sure if it's only technology, but I think it's also a, sh- a, a shift in the paradigm, a paradigm of, of the way we think. Um, and, um, you know, we, we evolve as people, right? And so there's an evolution happening in terms of thoughts and the way we believe uh, we should exist in this world. And the evolution, yes, technology is a factor in that evolution. Um, and I'm not sure if, there's a, if there is, so there are people that are, yes, happy with um, not being in relationships and, uh, want to deal with situations where they're partnered or in the common law. But then there are people out there who are trying to get into relationships and they're struggling, right? So they have the struggle with the technology and they have the struggle with these five areas I mentioned that they're trying to get through because they do want to have a relationship that is built on the tradition of the uh, social contract of this, of this, of the world, right? Um, but that social contract is being challenged. It's being challenged through technology. It's being challenged through people's mindset and what uh, it means to, one, take care of oneself first, right? And opting out and saying, this, I'm okay with not being a part of the routines and structures that exist out there. I'm okay with being an individual. I'm okay with loving the way I want to love, right? I'm okay with doing me, right? I want to do me, right? Um, and I want to do me, but I do, I want to have a child, right? And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do me and I'm going to have a child, but I don't want to have a child and I don't want to have that unit around my child. I don't want that, that, that stress, right? I want it to work like this. I have a plan. I have a creative plan in my head in terms of how I want to do this and I'm going to implement it like this, 
right? And so that is a choice that people are moving toward. What does that mean? What is the impact on our civilization? How does this mean for our evolution? Is this a good thing or a bad thing? Is it necessary to have a family with a mother, father, and children? We know that that notion is being challenged every day, right? Um, and so that's, you know, we have same-sex uh, marriages and we have, we have all kind of uh, situations that are, that are uh, changing the paradigm of the family structure. What is family, right? What is the definition of family? What is, you know, what, is, what do they make up? What are the, what are the ingredients of a family now? Right? What are the ingredients for a relationship, a healthy relationship? You know, maybe there's too much emotion, emotional, uh, I, I call it emotion, emotional, cal, emotionality, right? Or emotionality uh, in this, right? Maybe we're just too emotional, right? Maybe maybe it's not about emotion. Maybe it's about partnerships that, that make sense uh, economically, right? Partnerships that make sense socially, right? And then, uh, you know, and then familiarity will breed... Um, Maybe connection, future connection, or not. Or maybe, you know, there has to be, we have to open up our relationships, right? We have to be able to swipe through them, right? It has to be okay to come and go, to move through things at will, based on our patience and tolerance for what we view. You know, how do we get the perfect person at all times? You know, on the other side of it, how do we get the, you know, the stability, the financial, financial stability? Why is there a need for financial stability if we're not uh, going to engage in relationship? Or is this more of a social contract, again, by based on finances, right? Putting our money together so that we can have uh, uh, more things in life and have more access, greater access to the things that we want. So it's more of a business relationship. Let's call it what it is. And thank you for listening to another episode of Pushing Boundaries. Please share this content with your friends, families. Please, please share. Please share. Uh, go to, for, uh, you know, if you have other episodes that you believe connect to your friends and family, please share them. If you know that someone is um, having an issue and they may need some answers and there's something in my library that um, can answer that or help someone, please share. Um, if you find an opportunity to comment, you please email me at pushingboundaries at gmail.com. If you have any ideas in terms of topics that you want to talk about, email me at gmail, pushingboundaries at gmail, um, at g, pushingboundaries at gmail.com uh, with the, the content or any, uh, if you have suggestions or you have feedback, you know, please let me know. You can do that through email. You can also hit me up on Instagram at pushingboundaries. I mean, at pushingboundaries on Instagram. Give me feedback, please. Comment on uh, on the post. Uh, let me know what's going on. If you feel some kind of way, if you disagree, if you want to get a dialogue, if you want to uh, you want to get on and you want to uh, be a guest, let me know on Instagram at Gmail. I got a Facebook page. Hit me up. Hit me up. Hit me up. All right. Take care. Thanks for listening to Pushing Boundaries. Once again, my name is Sharif Rucker. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please do me a favor by commenting, subscribing, and sharing this podcast with everyone you know. All of these things are free and take very little effort, but would mean the world to me. Thanks again, and stay tuned.